Welcome everyone to God Talk Uncensored, where no topic is off limits. We use the Bible as a source of truth, and everything we share is from our personal experiences and the Bible. All right, let's do this. Welcome back everybody to God Talk Uncensored. I've got a short show today. Uh, I, I saw something that really highlighted or, or brought back to surface something that I just think is culturally right now at the forefront. And uh, what I mean is, I, and I try to stay out of politics stuff because uh, I want everybody to benefit from, from my YouTube, from my um, podcast on whatever uh, station you tune in at, whatever platform that is. So I am going to stay out of politics, but it may seem like I'm going there even though I'm not going there. Okay. So let me just define something. Uh, before I'm a liberal, a conservative, a Democrat, a Republican, before I identify with some man-made institution that defines my uh, moral viewpoints and objectives, before that, I am a kingdom person. My, my entire being is rooted and established in the word of God and in what he says. And if some of that so happens to land in one side more than the other, it's not because I'm trying to push an agenda uh, politically. It's because I'm stating something that I find in the word that's really uh, very clear. I'm going to talk about gender. It's not, it's a tough subject for some right now. And um, I'm going to talk about marriage and I'm going to talk about family. And this is uh, all based on what the Word of God says, based on His design, uh, based on what He uh, laid out and how He created us. We are the Imago Dei. That means the image of God. We are uh, created in His image. And I want to share what the Bible says about His image. If you're listening to this, know that I'm sensitive to to you. If if this isn't something that, uh, or if this is something that may trigger you, so I'm sensitive to it. I have people in my family who are uh, part of the LGBTQ community and living that lifestyle, and so I care about you. God cares about you. You are loved. This show is about expressing that, but I have to do truth and love together. Otherwise, it's not genuine love. It's just fluffy, validating feelings. And I don't want to do that because I'm responsible to what the Word of God tells me. All right. So in the beginning, this is Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, after the creation days. Uh, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. You're seeing a plural form of God right now. Uh, we know as Christians that we we understand God in a triune fashion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when you see this in Scripture where there's a plurality of the Godhead, um, we're, we're seeing that defined 
within those terms as Christians. That's how we see that. So what we see is, is God saying, we're going to make mankind, okay? We're going to make mankind in our image. Now let's just see what Genesis continues to say about the, the image of God. Genesis, uh, we're still in chapter 1. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God as defined by spirit says that God is spirit and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. God as defined in spirit has a, a attribute or has attributes and manifestations of both male and female, okay? And so when God created mankind, he created them, both male and female. Now follow me for a second. Originally, what we see is that God created Adam. He created Adam, and Adam was uh, the, the generic term for humanity or mankind, but it was male, male uh, uh, gender specific, right? He created uh, Adam, man. Adam was alone, and out of all the other amazing things that God created, nothing and no one was found to be suitable or a suitable helper. So Adam, in and of himself, encompassed the totality of the Godhead, okay? He encompassed both what, what we now understand to be um, traits that we find in men and in women. Okay. So within the storyline, God allows Adam to fall into a deep sleep. Now I want to say this because some people, they, they imagine this, well, Adam was formed first. And so Eve was created just to be this helper. And so really it was all about man. That's just not accurate. Because that would be stating one more uh, superior than the other. And according to what I read, God doesn't have any role factor in there. And he created them, both male and female. All right. But what I want to say is this. If you had a lump of clay and you took one lump and you, you, you put it in a big old ball and that ball was a singular ball. And then in order to make a secondary item, you peeled a, a chunk or half of it out, you would still have the exact same substance and the same value just manifest in two separate um, um, you know, pieces that would then be formed for whatever that use was. So this is very similar to what happened and what God did with taking Eve from, from Adam, right? Same lump of clay. And ironically, there's this thing that happened. There was this separation. And God made two whole and total, complete individuals, entities, man and woman. And it says that they were in the garden and they were naked and they felt no shame and they had no judgment and they, they worked with each other and they worked with God and it was this harmonious thing. But there's this passage that kind of jumps out. 
So what you read is you read chapter one and chapter two, and then you, and then right at the end of chapter two, and it's talking about, um, there was no suitable helper found for Adam. This is verse uh, 20. So the Lord God, uh, called, caused man to fall into a deep sleep while he was sleeping. He took one of the man's ribs or out of his side, right? Equal to not his bottom foot, not his his head or ear from his side. And uh, then he closed it up uh, with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman uh, from Adam's side or rib and that he had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. Then the first thing that we know, God, or that mankind, man, gender specific, male, says to, to Eve or exclaims about her is, wow, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Okay. Then this unique verse pops out. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. The mystery of marriage and oneness. And let me break it down and extrapolate this for you. Originally, God made a single, made one. But because God is relational and because God likes, likes community, he realized that Adam was complete in the image that he had created him, but yet he had no, no suitable partnership, no, no buddy to be uh, working and, and partnering with in the mission that God had. And so he took that lump of clay, that he separated it into two, and he created something perfect for Adam, out of Adam. And then the Bible says, and, and because of all this, this dynamic, and so when you read scripture, you read it straight through. Don't look at chapter and verse so much. That's how we identify where we are, but don't look at it like that. Read the storyline all the way through. And what you're reading is there's this story going on. And all of a sudden, Adam, Eve is taken out of Adam. And, and there's this, this miraculous thing that takes place. And the Bible says, and because of this, because of this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. And the two you will be united as one and they will become one flesh. What reason? Have you ever asked yourself for what reason? Because they were originally one. To encompass the totality of God, this union that, that a man and a woman have, when they incorporate the totality of, of their uniqueness, that oneness represents the fullness of God. The fullness of God. And some would even say this too, that the two become one because they have the ability. They're the only ones who have the ability, by the way. Uh, a man, a male, and a woman, a female, to, to unite physically and create one flesh, another human being. So when you ask yourself this, this, uh, this question about what is the sanctity of, of marriage, what is the uniqueness of a relationship that God's put together for a man and a woman 
to do this thing and literally reproduce the imago Dei, the image of God. I don't think that there is, this is race aside, there is no more oppressed and suppressed and um, objectified and twisted um, individual or uh, person other than a woman on the face of the earth. Women um, have been unjustly marginalized. They've been suppressed and treated like property in some places, uh, highly sexualized for the, um, for the, the, within images and clothing and all the stuff that goes along with um, stimulating men for the most part. And so you can see there's a, a force at work uh, to, compl- to destroy women, to destroy the unique, perfect way that God made them, to, to reproduce himself as the image of God reproducers. We're made in the image of God. A man and a woman get together and they reproduce another image of God. Satan hates that. He hates it. He wants no part of it. And if he can destroy it, he'll go all out to do it. So again, I said this wasn't political, but just think about this for a second. Uh, Abortion. Get rid of it before it's even born. The sexualization of women the trafficking, the um, horrible ways of abuse. Why is it? And some would say, well, it's because women aren't physically stronger than men and so on and so forth. I think that the enemy is hard at work and has been to destroy not only uh, women and babies, but the image that God had created for man and woman to join together and become the oneness that fully encapsulates and encompasses who he is. So ponder on that for a, for a minute. What do you think is happening in our society? What do you think is happening in our culture? It's been going on for a long time. I get it. And there's some, I get, I understand, you know, minority communities and fatherlessness and why that happens sometimes with jail. And I, so I sympathize and I understand. So when people are like, Oh, you're just a white person. How do you get it? And whatever, right? Dude, you don't know my background. (laughs) Um, But let me just say the single most um, damaging thing for any uh, child is having a missing parent. And it isn't just a missing parent. It is a gender-specific missing parent. And what do I mean by that? So again, being sensitive here, you got to understand where I'm coming from. I'm being sensitive in this. My sister and, and her wife have been married 14 or 15 years now. And, um, 
they have three kids together. Obviously, they couldn't reproduce, so they had to do the doctor thing and, and all that. I love these kids. But let me just tell you that they know that they that their their sons need a man to help raise them because d- doing it the way they were wasn't working and so i've been able to step in as a good uncle and uh and and have you know my um nephew come and stay and 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 be a man to him you know and and this isn't like i'm not trying to if you knew me and you knew my heart, you'd know where I'm coming from with this. So just just know that. There is a story about these teenage male elephants that were taken, they were rescued, they were taken out of uh, the wild or they were going to die. And they were put in a, um, in a, a sanctuary. And these male elephants went berserk and would just kill stuff and stop stuff. And they were out of control, completely out of control. And they didn't know what to do. I mean, this was like, we're not sure what to do. Like, we don't want to kill these elephants. We rescued them. Somebody suggested maybe they take a, an elderly, not old, but an elderly male elephant and put the elephant uh, in with the teenage elephants and see how that would work. The male elephant taught these young teenage elephants respect to minimize their temper, to not stomp and kill and let their testosterone make them go berserk. There's a purpose for the gender roles. Um, The family. And the reason this came up, and this is, look, I live in a, I live in a beautiful area of Texas. And, um, and, and yes, there's a lot of Caucasians here, okay? But not all. And there was an honoring thing for some of the athletes, and they were uh, walking out with, um, you know, with their parents. And one of the things that, that was highlighted to me, and this is actually why I'm doing this episode, This is a a community I was unaware. I mean that there's just two parents um, in the household. Every single one of these athletes, except for one, came out with presented with their mother and father, and I found it to be uh, unique. Um, and a lot of these kids I know personally, and they're very well balanced and respectful and they're teenagers. So, you know, (laughs) grading on a curve, but these are good kids. And I'm not saying they're good kids because they have two parents, because there are plenty of kids that aren't. But what I am saying is that there is a, a male image of God and a female image of God combined together and they're not perfect. That is giving the fullness of what God is about to the best of their ability, hopefully. And it's creating a balanced situation and a balanced thing. So I look at this thing that's happening in our world and happening in our culture 
um, Marxist uh, ideology where you get rid of pronouns and you get rid of cisgender and, and you know, uh, rethink um, what a family looks like. And it's, it's a community thing. I get that. We can... A, a, a man and a woman can have a child and live in a community and then the community with the parents raise the, the child. I get that. But the push is that we don't need that. That you can just get pregnant, do your thing, and then like the child will just sort of be raised by everyone. Um, and it, it's, a, it's an ideology that doesn't work. It's an ideology that actually is in opposition and, and, and is um, against what God's plan is. It just is. One of the things I know that the Word of God says is that God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. That word opposes sets himself in battle formation against. So this, this arrogance that our culture is adopting where they just believe they can define on their own and on their own terms— Gender, uh, family, marriage, uh, you know, God isn't like, I'm just going to encapsulate all of this and just sort of sign off. Like that's, he doesn't do that because it would be against his nature to be against what he's already spoken in his word. And these aren't popular things. So you can, you know, like, don't hate me. Don't kill the messenger. Like, it's in the Bible. And so I, you know, I, I'm just, this particular show, I know that I've been the guy. Like I was even told recently, you've been the guy, like, you know, the end times guy. And you're right. Like, I feel like that's been just, it's, it's on my heart, like weighing and just seeing what's happening everywhere in society and in culture. Um, one of the things that is a part of that is the Bible says that there would be a, uh, people would sit around and listen to what their itchy ears want to hear. They would just believe all kinds of stuff that wasn't consistent with the word of God, that they would, they would gather around a multitude of teachers to just let those teachers tell them what, what they want to affirm their thing and their position. And then we're like, oh, good. We're getting, everybody's patting me on the back because I've decided who I am and what I want and who I want to be. And if you can validate that, then I'm okay. And if you don't agree with me, then you're, you're a sexist, you're a racist, you're whatever. So I'm going to stick with what I know to be true in the word of God. So don't shoot the messenger. It's in the word. It's in the message you know what I'm saying is true. And um, if you're pinged by this in any way, you can hit me up in my thread. You can email me at info at godtalkuncensored.com. You can put it uh, you know, in the comment section. We can banter. I'm good with that. Anyways, I love you guys. Hey, if you don't know Jesus, uh, there's no better time than now, right? Than now. Right now, you can ask for God to come into your life. There's no magic prayer, right? Like, oh, I said the sinner's prayer, now all of a sudden, boop, it's a heart posture. It's, my God, I actually believe this stuff. 
I actually am listening to this and I'm hearing truth. And so that truth is, is testifying to my spirit and I want to enter into that truth and I want to know more. That's the place where God wants you and he wants to come into your life. You just got to ask him and just, it's pretty basic. Like I need you. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. And that, that message that I'm giving you and that feeling that you're having, that's because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to your spirit. And so asking him for the Holy Spirit, Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit. Come into me in Jesus name. Thank you. Amen. And amen. God bless you guys. We're going to do this again. Peace. Thank you everyone for tuning in to God Talk Uncensored. We appreciate your support and until next time, God bless you.